Lord, I want to take our Bible and go into the book of Ezekiel tonight, chapter 28. I want to look at a little doctrine tonight of the Scriptures and I want to look at a little doctrine of sin. A lot of people have different ideas what sin is. Sin's our problem. Amen. Amen. I think about it tonight. It's it's a it's a it's a mess all around. There's not a family here that don't know something about sin, and uh, we've seen it destroy our lives and destroy our families, our country, our nation, uh, groups of people, friends, and loved ones. We're going to look at chapter 28. This is a little, these two verses are two portions of scripture concerning Satan. And I want to look at one of them. Well, we'll look at both of them tonight, but we want to use this as our text. In Ezekiel chapter 28, we'll stand and we'll start reading around verse 11. Ezekiel, the prophet God's speaking to, gives us something. He said in Ezekiel 28, 11, moreover, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. And we know this is the scriptures that has been related over to to Satan and his, his start. And I know it says a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, but... Satan's own one has been where this scripture tells us. Verse 13, thou hast been in Eden. That wasn't Tyrus. The garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, topaz, and the diamond. The beryl, the onyx, and the jasper. The sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle. And gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. We find he's a created being. He didn't make himself. Verse 14 said, Thou art the anointed cherub. We talked about the cherub the other day. So he's not a human creature. He's a created being. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created, till iniquity was found in thee. Amen. And you can be seated right there. And we, well, let's read verse 16. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. You would be seated now. Our Father, we thank you tonight for the privilege of reading the word of God. It's blessed our hearts. Every time we picked it up, we found some things that's been a blessing. Help us tonight to rightly divide the word of truth. Help us to see, Lord, where we stand in our nation. We're in trouble for our country. And what uh, 
we're seeing today and what effect it may have upon our churches and upon our lives and how that, Lord, we've slipped so far and got so far away from you. God, we got our priorities wrong. And I pray, God, you'd help us tonight to get them straightened out. We'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. A lot of people have got a lot of reasons and things that think we've got problems with, but I sat down today and just thought of some things and got some statistics. And I'll tell you where our problem's at today in America. We've got a sin problem. And if we ever get rid of the sin problem, our nation will straighten out. I got to looking at it as people today are so scared to death of coronavirus. I've heard coronavirus so much that I get sick of hearing it. You said you're not scared of it? Well, there's nothing I knew about it. Just try to stay away from it. But I'm not going to lose my mind off of it. I might lose my life off of it. But the Bible said that we are not to fear man who can just destroy the body. But we are to fear God who can destroy both body and soul in hell. And I've seen people worried more about coronavirus and fear more of coronavirus than they have facing God. We feared facing God tonight as much as we fear coronavirus. Our churches would be filled and people would be getting saved right and left. I just looked at some things tonight and it turned my world upside down just a little bit. They said that total deaths of alcohol per year is around 3 million people. If you divide that out, you'll find out that's 8,219 a day. 342 an hour and 5.7 people are dying every second off of alcohol. If you look up total drugs that people died last year, was around 11.8 million. You look all these statistics up. That's 32,328 a day. 1,347 an hour. Amen. 2.24 every second. People are dying. Or 224 every second. 224 just went out into eternity off of drugs. 224 just went out in eternity off of drugs. Auto accidents, which we sometimes can't do much about. Even our fancy cars can't control it. We can control drugs and alcohol. We can control that. If we want to control that, we can control that. We can put a mask on us to keep us from getting covid but we can't keep people from drinking. We quit manufacturing it. Well, we bootleg it. Amen. Still wouldn't have as many deaths bootlegging it. Amen. 
Total accidents, 1.35 million per year. This is worldwide. I'm giving you worldwide statistics. That's 3,698 a day. 154 an hour, 2.5 every second. 2.5 just slipped out into eternity. Total flu victims. Amen. The flu from the worldwide was 646,000 the flu. That's 1,769 per hour. Per day, 73 per hour and 1.2 every second. Cancer deaths, 9.6 million per year. That is 26,301 per day, 1,095 per uh, hour and 18 every second. 18 just went out in eternity from cancer. But here's your kicker. Abortion is from 40 to 50 million people or babies a year. If you work it on 40 million, that's 109,589 per day. 4,566 uh, 4, per hour. And 76.1 every second, 76 babies just died. You, you see where I'm coming? We're worrying about the wrong things tonight. Amen. If it's 50 million, 136,986 uh, 136, per day, 5,708 per hour, and 95.1 per second, almost a hundred a second, are going out into eternity. In coronavirus, I looked it up, and right now, as of today, there's been 1,870,000 died. Been more than that had it. That comes out to 5,123 per day, 213 per hour, and 3.5 per second. And that seems to be the worst thing in the world today. If we get our abortion stopped, alcohol stopped, and drugs stopped, and God saying we meant business, we wouldn't be worrying about that. We wouldn't have as many dying. And probably God pulled that coronavirus back. Sin is the problem. I want to talk about tonight where sin, where it got its entrance into the universe. I read you the text tonight of where it started. It started with Lucifer, the anointed cherub in glory. The created being. We'll turn a little bit more into another portion of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 14. These are the two chapters that always deals with Satan. There's others that deal with him. But I'm not going to deal with him constantly because he's not the only problem. He's a big problem. There wouldn't be no sin tonight so much if a devil wasn't around. Somebody said one time, well, if a devil was around, what we'd be 
amen, more righteous than we are now. One of these days, God is going to get a hold of him and throw him into the bottomless pit. We talked about that the other day. And when he's thrown in the bottomless pit, and then God's going to set up a kingdom, the devil's going to be bound, and that's the reason you're going to have a great time with a kingdom upon the face of the earth. No devil, nobody to tempt you, and people can live better and live pretty good without a devil. But that's also the reason tonight that Satan, when he's loose for a little season, that he's going to go through the world trying to do something because there's people born in the millennium who have never been enticed by Satan and God will let him out a little bit to entice them because God is no respecter of persons. You're not going to get indifferent than somebody else did. Somebody's not going to beat you to the punch and get to heaven a different way than you do. It's going to be through the grace of God and by the blood of Jesus Christ. So we go to Isaiah 14 and look in verse number 12. Write these scriptures down. Isaiah 14 in verse 12 said, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? That's his name. Now we'll do a study sometime or another on all his names. He's got a lot of them. He likes to be recognized. Jesus has names that no man can number. Amen. And you couldn't say them all if you had to tonight. But Lucifer likes that recognition too. He's got some names. Oh, how art thou fallen from heaven? So we know where he was. Out of the book of Ezekiel, he was up in glory, the anointed cherub. Now we find he was in heaven. He said, Son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? Now we know where our problems is. He's weakened the nations. Somebody thinks that, you know what happened? He throwed him down here and he's an old snake and throwed him down on the ground. And I don't know where you get that. He was the anointed cherub. And he got in the snake. He is a serpent. Amen. And the serpent has a curse put on him to, I started to say swim, but roll around on his belly. He was different than that when he was created. The snake I'm talking about. Verse 13, here's what Satan done, or Lucifer. For thou hast said in thine heart, notice, here's his high wheels, and that's what happened. He got filled with pride. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, above them. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation. And I want you to notice this last phrase, in the sides of the north. If you want to know where God's throne is, it's in the sides of the north. Amen. We sing those songs in the you know, in the sides of the north. But he's he was said, I'll just go take the sides of the north. Now that was where his ambition was. But I'm going to show you what he got or what he will get. In verse 14, he said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Now, I read that, and today is the first time this ever slapped me on the side of the head. Isn't it amazing you read scriptures for years, 
and you just read over it and don't pay no attention to it. But all of a sudden, I guess it's just a time the Holy Spirit wants you to see something different. He said, yet in verse 15, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Devil, you got on your mind to go to the sides of the north. But you're going to end up in the sides of the pit. Now that tickles me. That may not do much for you. And it may not help me a whole lot after a while if I go out and have some flat tires. But I like to remind him, devil, you went to the sides of the north to try to take over, but you're headed to the sides of the pit, and that's where you're going to wind up at. I read the book of Revelation the other day. Yeah, that's where he's going to go. Now, we know where the entrance of sin got into the universe through him. Then God put a garden in east, in amen, like that too. In the east of Eden, God put a garden. And he made a man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. I'll just quit in a minute when I get get enough done and uh, send you home and try to get you to study some. In Genesis chapter number 3, I quoted it a little bit while ago in verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Before Satan ever got started good, he knew Eve was the weaker vessel. I'm not going, I may read some of that tonight, but I don't think we're going to get into that. The woman is... Noted as the weaker vessel. Chapter 3 tells us how that sin, we found how it entered the universe, it entered through Satan, but we find now that the entrance of sin to the human race comes through the woman. There's a difference where it entered. It entered in the universe through Satan and it entered into the human race through the woman. She was deceived. It was through deception and through disobedience. Them two things played a fact factor in the lives. And remember, this is exactly what the devil wants to do to you today. Deceive you and uh, get you to disobey. Amen. He does that to every one of our young'uns. He did it to us when we were little. After we're grown, he still does the same thing. Now, somebody told me this the other day, and I can't uh, figure this out, or, or, or and I don't know who was it told me, I mean. And that sounds awful crazy to me. And they ain't got a leg to stand on, but I will throw it. There are people that believe that God made man out of the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils a living soul, and he did. But they also believe that God made a woman from the dust of the ground, too. <laughs> Can't find that in the Word of God. Said she didn't like it and left the garden and God had to make a wife for Adam with a rib. And I thought, boy, you just went out and pulled some crazy junk somewhere. I like the creation factor of the Word of God myself. Have no problem with it. And so we find that 
He comes to the woman and the first thing he says, Yea, hath God said ye shall eat of every tree in the garden? Puts a question. The devil put a question mark on the word of God. Now you've seen this before, but we talk, we're looking about tonight how sin entered to the human race and into it. Verse 2, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. And she adds to it. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Unless I missed this, I never did see where God said you couldn't touch it. It didn't say anything about touching it. Now, he might not, he might have, and it wasn't recorded. But I always take it that she added to the Word of God. And when there's a devil around, it's easy to do. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Call God a liar. That's what the devil does. He is a liar from the beginning. John eight forty four. Ye are of your de- father the devil. He's a liar from the beginning. He talks about it. Verse 5 said, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God's, knowing good and What God's doing is trying to tell you and keep you from having your eyes open and being like God's. And so through deception she fell. She was deceived. And not only through deception, but the Bible said in verse 6, And when, she, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, Adam was not deceived. But he was disobedient. Eve was deceived and then disobeyed. She went ahead and eat on her own. And the devil knew what he was doing. So sin entered into the human race. Through the deception and disobedience of Eve. And you said, why in the world did Adam eat the fruit? I believe he loved his wife. And I believe, and you say you don't have no scripture on that. I believe that she was probably the most precious thing. There was nobody else around. I believe she's the most precious thing and probably the most, I know she's the most beautiful woman on the face of the earth at the time. I do know that because she's the only one around. But I believe that he loved her so much and he knew that there'd be a separation. A death is a separation. Because the day you eat it, you shall surely die, he said. God did. Then the Bible said the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And we're not going to speak about that much more, we could speak on this chapter for a long time, but I want you to turn your Bible now to the book of First Timothy. Take him a time. We're going to the scriptures. We want to see these things from the Word of God. It's not what I think about it, and it's really not what you think about it tonight. It's what thus saith the Lord. First Timothy, I want us to go to chapter number two. Give you time to turn there. First Timothy chapter two. 
And we want to look down in verse number 13, and we're going to read the remainder of the chapter, which is only 13, 14, and 15, three verses. The Bible said in chapter 2 of 1 Timothy, verse 13, For Adam was first formed, then Eve. Now, if you want to be an idiot, you can say, well, God made Eve too out of the dust of the ground, but that ain't what it reads there. We go back to there and we find out in the book of Genesis that God caused a deep sleep to come upon Adam. He took a rib out of him and made woman out of the rib. Verse 14, and Adam was not deceived. Did I tell you tonight already, did I tell you that Adam was not deceived? Where would I get it? Out of the Word. And Adam was not deceived. But the woman being deceived was in the transgression. I don't want you to take my word for it. She was deceived. And through disobedience she took it. And because of that, Adam took it too out of disobedience. Both of them disobeyed God. One disobeyed God as much as the other did. One might have had a different reason for disobeying than the other. But they both sinned against God. And they both were guilty. So therefore, sin come upon the human race. And our foreparents, Adam and Eve, were the ones that was introduced to sin through Satan, who introduced it to the universe. And now the human race is in sin. And we're going to look at the whole thing in just a minute. The Bible said in verse 15, Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. If they continue in faith and charity and wholeness with sobriety. So we've seen where the entrance of sin has come into the world. Does this kind of slow down a little bit to kind of help a little bit to understand where sin? You said, I already know all that. Good, good, good. I just jogged that you had to go pull it out of the back file, though. You had to get out of the back of the, uh, what do you call them things? Filing cabinet. You had to pull it out of the filing cabinet of your brain. Now let's turn tonight to something else. Let's go to Romans. Let's turn first. Well, let's see. The first one we'll go to is Romans 3. I want to look tonight and show you some things and how that you're going to know that sin's prominent in, the, in, in society. Number one, the Scriptures tells us about sin. I'd never known what sin was had somebody not preached to me from the Word of God. The Word of God. Listen, I never got a letter from the governor. I never got a letter from the from the president. I had a few to tell me as Christian friends. But I didn't get no letter from them. And they told me. And they got it from the same place that I'm going to show you tonight. Amen. I didn't get a, a letter from the courthouse. The Scriptures... Declare, number one, the Scriptures declare the fact of sin. In Romans 3.23, the Bible said, and this is something you've quoted all your life, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How many is all? All. Everyone. Well, how many is excluded out of that verse? Not any. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, the Bible declares that we are all sinners. 
He just said that, didn't he? Back up a little bit to chapter 3 and verse 10, same place there probably in the Bible. But to verse 10 of that same chapter. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. How many is not righteous? Everybody's not righteous. Amen. How many tonight is exempt from that? No, not one. Sin entered the universe through Satan in the human family, uh, through Adam and Eve, and all of us are under that family, and we are all in sin. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. If you could just get sinners to see this tonight. In Romans 6, 23, it said, For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here preachers talk about the wages of sin is death, and they say that all the time. But they never tell you about the gift of God's eternal life. Some do, but not all the time. Take your Bible. You said, oh, that's New Testament. Oh, New Testament. I'm a, I, 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 that's, you ain't got it nowhere else. Just in the book of Romans. You just give us the book of Romans. Okay, hush. Turn over to the book of Ecclesiastes. The young man, uh, Solomon. The preacher is what he's, he's called. The son of David. He has something to tell us. Look at Ecclesiastes. And we'll go to chapter 7 and verse number 20. I could quote this verse, but I want you to look at it. I want you to follow me. You need to learn where it's at on the page in your Bible. And I'm afraid too many of us quote it. And and if somebody asks us, we couldn't show it to them. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse number 20, look what God said through Solomon. For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Does that tell us tonight that there's no, there's nobody that's sinless? Sure does. Does it tell us tonight the same thing in Romans 3.23 tells us all of sin and come show the glory of God? Sure does. So the same God that give us Romans 3.23, give us Ecclesiastes 7.20, and we could just go on and on and on and on. Well, let me just give you another. Maybe that wasn't enough. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter number 3. We're talking about the Scriptures has declared the fact of sin. The Bible tells us that there's sin and we have a sin problem. That's why he said preach. Preach the Word of God. And if you don't preach the Word of God, you're not going to warn sinners. Galatians chapter 3 says in verse number 22. 322. The Bible said, you there? But the what? Scripture hath concluded all under sin. What did I say tonight? The Scripture declares the fact of sin. I don't care what anybody else says. The Word of God tells me there's sin problems. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that what? Believe. Notice this, verse 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, 
shut up under the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Now notice what he says about the law. Wherefore the law was our what? Schoolmaster. You know what a schoolmaster is? Somebody's in charge of your education. And in this case, it's your spiritual education. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster, and it had a purpose. And that was to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. That the Scripture concludes that we're all under sin. So we find how that sin got in the universe through Satan. Got in the human race through Adam and Eve. Amen. And we found tonight that the Scripture declares that we're all under sin. Now, point number two tonight, not only does Scripture declare it, but nature proclaims it. Nature proclaims the fact of sin. Go back to Romans tonight. I'm giving you just a little simple lesson. You know every bit of this, but I'm trying to put it in a place that you can kind of look at it and help somebody in your day-by-day living. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 22 Now, we can go back and start reading at verse number 18 and come down through verse number 25. But for the sake of time, I'm going to read verse 22. Go back and read all them when you get home. Writing down for references, write it down as Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25. But in verse 22, it said, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. How come it groans? Because it's got a curse on it. Why does the earth have a curse? Because God put a curse on it when man fell in the garden. You believe that? You said, ah, preacher. Well, let's go back to chapter 3 of the book of Genesis. I like to go back and forth. Amen. That's the only way some of you are going to wear your Bible out. For me to get you to going back and forth. In Genesis chapter 3, 17, we'll wear out them new Bibles pretty quick. You ought to feel bad if you've had a same Bible for 20 years. You ain't been using it. Amen. You said, I don't study out of this and I read it. Well, you got one somewhere that ain't lasted 20 years if you've been studying. Genesis chapter 3, 17 said unto Adam... He said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground. Cursed is the ground. Isn't that what the earth is? The ground? For thy sake in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Now notice what he said. And here's where you find that creation. Creation tonight, or nature itself, proclaims the fact of sin. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. You wouldn't have any thorns and thistles. You could smell a rose and rub it across your nose without getting a briar. You could plant beans and wouldn't have Japanese beetles eat it up. Amen. You could have all that. See, there's a the creation groans. And nature itself proclaims tonight the fact of sin. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. I hear somebody say, well, the Bible said we're going to earn our bread by the sweat of our brow. And every time I hear them say that, I'm saying to myself, they're ignorant. They're the Scripture. I don't, sometimes I don't want to look at them and say, you're ignorant, but I don't do that. 
I just say it to myself. You're ignorant. The Bible says the sweat of your face. Now you said, what's the difference? Would you look up this way? If I'm if I'm right, I believe I got I believe I got it right. Right here's my brow. And I've sweat on my brow sometimes, and my face is dry. That means it's hard work. Have you ever sweated with your brow and your face at the same time? Sure you have. God said that's what you're going to get. Now some of y'all got these little mealy mouth jobs over yonder and you don't pay much attention sitting at the office. And... <laughs> you don't sweat brow nor face. He said, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. So we find the Scripture declares the fact of sin. Nature proclaims the fact of sin. And the law discovers tonight the fact of sin. Look at Romans chapter 3 and verse 20. Come back to the other side now. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 20. I like to hear them pages rattle. Oh, I love that. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 20 says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the what? Knowledge of sin. You wouldn't know about sin if it wasn't now, first of all, from the Scriptures and from nature and from the law. Look at Romans chapter 7 and verse number 7. Romans 7, 7 says, What shall we say then? Let me get them pages. I'm, I get ahead of myself. It's hard for me to contain myself here. Amen. <laughs> Romans 7, 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Question mark. Paul said, God forbid. No, the law ain't sin. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. He said, Well, I wouldn't even know that as sin if I hadn't had the law. There's nothing wrong with the law. The law's perfect in that sense. What's wrong with the Ten Commandments? Anybody tell me? What's wrong with them? And nothing wrong with them. They're God's Word. The problem is, the law tells us that we're wrong because we can't keep them. So the law discovers the fact of sin and lets us know. And we, if we hadn't heard the law, it said, Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. The law tells us and discovers tonight that we're sinners and tells us there's a fact of sin tonight because we go wrong. Not only that, but let's look at something else. Not only does the Scripture declare the fact of sin, nature proclaims the fact of sin, and the law discovers the fact of sin, but man's experiences proves the fact of sin. Have you ever met a perfect man or woman? Well, can I bust your bubble and tell you you never will till you get to glory? Except Jesus Christ is the only one that's ever walked upon the face of the earth and He was all God and all man at the same time. 
No human being has ever walked on the face of the earth without sin, except Christ. Look at men like Moses. They were great men. He was one of the meekest men on the face of the earth. But Moses had his problems with sin. Look at David. David was a man after God's own heart. Yet he had sin in his life. Look at Peter. Walked with Jesus, but at the same time denied the Lord Jesus. Amen. And now let me tell you something else. You look at them and you said, look at David, what he did. Look at Moses, what he did. Look at uh, Peter, what he did. Well, when you get home tonight, take a good look at yourself. Amen. Yeah. And you know tonight you haven't come up to par. I failed. I missed the mark miserably. Now, I'm going to give you some scriptures. You ready? Job. Old country preacher got up one night and said, we're going to turn to the book of Job. Going to the book of Job. Job chapter 40. Job chapter 40 and verse number 4. Job is, the Bible said at the beginning of the book of Job that he eschewed evil. He's a perfect and upright man. God said that about him, so God thought highly of him. Look what Job admits. And he's talking about human flesh. And he says this, Behold, in verse 4, I am vile. That's nothing to brag about and write home about, is it? Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay mine hand upon my mouth. I'm vile. Job admitted that. Look at Isaiah chapter 6. Most of you know where we're going here. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 5. When King Uzziah died that year, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. And in verse number 5, when those seraphims had flown and cried, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Lord of hosts, he got a hold of Isaiah. And here's what Isaiah said when he got in the presence of God. Verse 5, Then said I, Woe! Is me. For I am. Set with me. Undone. Because I am a man of what? Unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And see when you start comparing yourself to righteousness and to God. You'll see yourself as nothing. Our whole human experiences teach us that we're not much. Let's go over to the New Testament in Luke chapter 5. Hey Amen. I debated on preaching another message tonight, and I come prepared to do either. When I got here, this is what the Lord gave me, and I believe it's the right message. In, in Luke chapter 5 and verse 8, Talking about Simon Peter, ship had been, they'd been a, 
casting their net and couldn't find nothing. The Lord said, let down your net for a drought of fish. And then uh, the ship couldn't hardly handle it and it began to sink. But verse number 8, here's what Peter said. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Don't human flesh tell you tonight that we sin? Our experiences in life teach us that the fact of sin is around. These are great men of God. Have done a lot. Go to 1 Timothy. And we'll see what Paul says about it. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. The Bible said, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. But notice the last part of that verse. Of whom I'm chief. He came to save sinners and I'm the worst of all of them. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we need to have that kind of attitude tonight that there's nothing good in us. I fail miserably. Now, Martin Luther, in the Reformation, I'm going to give you a quote of what he said. He said, I'm afraid more of my heart. I am afraid more of my heart, get that, than the Pope and all the cardinals. He lived and had to fight in the Reformation against Roman Catholicism. And he said, I'm more afraid of my own heart than I am the Pope and the Cardinals. D.L. Moody, one of the great men of God that's done come and gone, he said, the man I have the most trouble with is the man who walks under my hat. I didn't even know he wore a hat until I read that. But uh, I'm saying to you tonight, you and I are the ones. These are some sinners in the Word of God that owned up to it. Here's three or four. I'll give you these scriptures. You jot them down. There's some more. I believe it's five of these that said, said this. But Pharaoh said in Genesis 9, 27, or Exodus 9, 27, I have sinned. Achan in Joshua chapter 7 in verse number 20 said, I have sinned. Balaam in Numbers chapter 22 in verse 34 said, I have sinned. And Judas Iscariot in Matthew 27 in verse 4 said, I have sinned. I think Saul is another one. I didn't give you that one, but... There's about five of those or six that made that statement. And beloved, tonight we have a problem with sin. And if we, if, if I could just get the world saved, I'd be all right, wouldn't you? And if the church could just get the world saved, the world would be fine. It'd be a good place to live. But you know what? I'm more concerned tonight about making sure I'm right with God. Yeah. 
I know I'm saved. But I don't want to wobble to the right and I don't want to wobble to the left. I want to keep a straight path for the Lord. I don't want no detours. I want to look straight ahead. And I want to walk like God wants me to walk. And brother, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time with that. It ain't something you just go around chewing your chewing gum and nonchalantly don't even think nothing about it. Brother, you can't handle yourself. I need God's hand. And I'd say tonight, just out of humility, we at this church need His presence. And we've got a sin problem all around us. And we need to make sure that we're trying to tell others about it. And live as straight, as the fellow says, straight as a stick. And I'm talking about a straight stick too. <laughs> and I appreciate tonight the privilege of being able to just... To, the Scriptures are so plain if we just get to them. And we can just get them applied right that we'd be alright, wouldn't we? Amen. Heads bowed. We talked about the origin of sin, where it come from. You know where it come from. You already knew all these things. But we just put it together. In one little put, you know, one little lesson.